Hi, and welcome back to the Swell Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, but you can call me Swell. Here on the Swell Shenanigans Podcast, I like talking about all things pop culture, social media, and shenanigans. And today, the first shenanigan we're covering is uh, my car troubles, which I decided in a stroke of brilliance to handle back in my hometown of Tustin outside of LA uh, because my car guy here always gives me good deals. I drove out here and the car's not ready today. I won't be ready till tomorrow. So uh, rather than drive back to LA again, I'm just going to stay at my dad's house tonight, but I had to record this episode. So that is why this footage is a little grainy. I'm doing this on my computer in my dad's living room. The lighting's not the best. And I also don't have my usual mic set up. So I'm recording this using strictly my AirPods. So I apologize for the audio quality of this episode. But there was a couple of things that I wanted to cover. And so I definitely wanted to get this episode out this week. So the show must go on. I'm just the shenanigan in question, mostly. So this past weekend was Ace Fest or Ace Family Fest hosted by the Ace Family. If you are a fan of the Swell Entertainment channel, my main YouTube channel, uh, you'll already have probably seen the Ace Fest video that I did talking about how it was boring and kind of a letdown, even though I was expecting it to be a disaster. So I guess that's the better option. I'd rather be boring than like a tragedy, you know, it sounds bad. But like, I really was expecting that whole event to be a nightmare. Um, I stayed in Lancaster and stayed there for two nights, went there, spent the full day there. I'm glad I did because a lot of other people that were covering the event did not stay the full time. So I'm glad I was able to get everything. It wasn't necessarily a scam, but to call it like an Ace Family event was kind of laughable. But the event was advertised as Disneyland meets Coachella, an all ages one day festival, basically. And originally they advertised it as unlimited rides, unlimited prizes and games, live music, a petting zoo or a wild animal park. I don't know what they were doing. And then slowly as the event drew closer, they got rid of the live music (laughs) and the uh, animal park and just kind of walked a bunch of stuff back. And then even the day of, they said that there was going to be free parking and then there wasn't free parking. It was 10 bucks. I did not end up having to pay that because someone working parking recognized me from YouTube and was like, oh yeah, you can go right ahead. Don't worry. But I also got there super early. So I'm sure if I'd come there closer to the t- start time, that wouldn't have happened. Was it a scam? I mean, you. I guess you could argue it's kind of funny because after I, my video went out today, I realized I could have done a little dig at NFTs. I could have squeezed one in there. In my video, I said it's technically not illegal for something to be expensive. And I realized that I could have just said like, just look at the NFT market. I could have done that. And I'm a little annoyed that I didn't. Was it necessarily a scam? Yes, in that they walked things back after uh, advertising them and then said that there was no refunds. So the fact that they took away that option while also not committing or uh, following through on the claims that they made at the start Sure. Yes, it was a scam. But if we want to do like the bare minimum, they said they were going to put on an event and they put on an event. Was it kind of boring? Yes. But uh, kids were having fun for the most part, but it was also incredibly hot. Food was not free, which for the price of admission, probably should have had some free options for food, in my opinion. They had free water available. I don't think there was enough shade and coverage available. Rides were unlimited. Prizes were actually not unlimited. You could play the games as much as you want. But You were only able to claim your prize if you had tickets that they gave to us when we turned in like our event prize passes. Um, And so I won like three or four prizes, which I do think was stupid because their prizes were like expired merch from the Ace family, like old merch, like winter merch and towels and things that they hadn't sold out. 
And so it was like, this already was like no money for you. Why not just get rid of it? What are you doing? I'm fine. I'm safe. I had a little bit of a sunburn on the backs of my ankles, like an idiot, which is probably the stupidest sunburn I've ever gotten. I've gotten some really stupid sunburns over the years, especially one that I get every couple of months because I forget is I'll go somewhere wearing a crop top and I'll get like a strip of red sunburn on like the base of my back from where my pants or my shorts and my shirt me on my back. It's so stupid. But this one only getting a sunburn on the backs of my ankles is incredibly stupid. And Achilles burn is what some people were calling it on Twitter. It's so stupid. I also got a couple of bruises. I'm wearing a skirt. So I don't want to show you too much. But I've got a bruise video people you can see there. That's from one of the rides. But I'm also 24 and tried to fold myself into it. So that's on me. That video is up. I'll have it linked in the show notes if you want to go check that out. And I vlogged the whole thing. Um, Patreon's going to get the rest of the footage. But that's where that's at, uh, we'll see how their video comes out. But for the most part, people are just severely disappointed and surprised that they went or uh, are annoyed at anyone who did go and gave them money at all. But they also weren't allowing press into this event. I, for one, if I was, even if I wasn't, okay, maybe this is me being, um, obviously I'm biased because I'm a YouTuber. But like, I like to know what goes on in these things, you know, from someone who's not looking from a lens of a fan, whether they were a fan who loved the event or a fan who was like upset with the event. I am technically, yeah, sure. I went in prepared for it to be a disaster, but I tried to go in as impartial as possible. And since there was no media or journalists allowed inside, I would want to see something from someone like me. Is that just, I don't know, maybe that's me being biased. Tell me if I'm talking like an idiot. But like, I, I don't know, I love seeing videos from events and stuff that I wasn't able to go to or I didn't know about until it was too late. So like, I, I don't know. Anyways, moving forward. Where the Crowded Sing is a novel that came out in 2018 by Delia Owens. Let me tell you the book's breakdown really quick. The story follows two timelines that slowly intertwine. The first timeline describes the life and adventures of a young girl named Kaya as she grows up isolated in the marsh of North Carolina between 1952 and 1969. And I believe she is being investigated for murder <laughs> at a certain point. Uh, according to basically the book is being turned into a movie um, and it's coming out this week. Like I said, it's release week. So according to Google for the movie, abandoned as a girl, Kaya raised herself in the dangerous marshlands of North Carolina. For years, rumors of the marsh girl haunted Barkley Cove, isolating the sharp and resilient Kaya from her community. Drawn to two young men from town, she opens herself to a new and startling world. Basically, this isn't a spoiler because it's all over. It's all over the trailer. A kid dies or is murdered on her land. And so they start investigating her for the murder. And that's like the climax or the point of the movie or something. I don't know. I didn't read it. I didn't really have a desire to. I probably saw it and was like, oh, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. It was probably one of those books. As the movie started becoming more uh, closer and people were talking about it, I had heard rumblings about how the writer and her husband or ex-husband, I believe right now, there's a, I believe they might be divorced, um, are actually wanted for questioning of a murder in Zambia, in Africa. There's things that you hear people say and you're like, this must be fake. This is like, this is like Hank Green stealing a lemur from the zoo in the 90s, okay? I'm sorry, that, that definitely happened. But there's just things that you hear people talk about and you're like, this is an internet rumor. This is insane. This is not real. And the closer the movie got, the more I was like, oh no, I, I, I need to look into this. And sure enough, 
this is a real thing. They are both wanted for questioning in regards to uh, the murder of an alleged poacher. And so for this episode, I wanted to uh, kind of find some more articles about this because, like I said, it's literally release week. And uh, a lot of people are not going to see this movie or support it because of these allegations and everything. And I don't know what I thought the timeline was. I really don't. Because I'm thinking like, oh, this book came out. I, I thought this book came out way earlier. I'm surprised it was 2018. I was thinking like 2006 for some reason. But I'm thinking that. And then I'm thinking like years pass. And then this alleged murder happened. And the, now the, the movie's happening and everyone. And that's what's going on. But no, this alleged murder happened in like 1995 or 1996. Not only that, it was recorded. Recorded like filmed and was included in a TV special from ABC. Like it's a, it's a snuff film, according to this Atlantic article that I'm going to uh, talk about in a second. This, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing because there's like a murder of a human and uh, alleged murder of other humans involved in this. It's so weird because I do believe that nuance is required for a lot of discussions on the internet. And it's just something that doesn't exist. It, it just doesn't exist in online spaces. A lot of the times, especially comment sections, like the comment I keep seeing pop up and it's from different people. I know, but every time it, it's said in the exact same way to the point that I was like, is this a bot? Is this one person? But on every single TikTok talking about this, there's at least one person in the comment section who's like, the person that was killed was a poacher. So why do we care? Ex I'm sorry. Excuse me. I Okay, listen, hear me out. Regardless of what you think of poaching, regardless of what you think of the justification of murder, whatever, I don't think that there's anything right about a white American going to another country in Africa and committing just vigilante justice or whatever you want to call it. If that, it doesn't even seem like it was that. It was just like, we're going to get rid of poachers because conservation and all this stuff, like, that's insane. That, that really is. And like, apparently the US and Zambia, there is no um, extradition treaty between the US and Zambia. Um, otherwise, there would be probably uh, more done about this. But basically, uh, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about this. God. Okay, so this is a article from The Atlantic. I will put it down below. Were the Crawdad Singh author wanted for questioning and murder uh, by Jeffrey Goldberg? On March 30th, 1996, the ABC News Magazine show Turning Point featured a documentary about a pair of American conservationists titled Deadly Game, the Mark and Delia Owens story. The show's co-anchor, Diane Sawyer, introduced the broadcast this way. They went halfway around the world to follow a dream, an idealistic American couple, young in love, but a strange place and time would test that love. Basically, uh, they went to South Central African nation of Zambia. The article goes on to say, what is most notable about the documentary, though, is that it also, and I write this without exaggeration, a snuff film. ABC producers included in this documentary the filmed murder of an alleged poacher, executed while lying collapsed on the ground after having already been shot. The victim is not identified by the story's narrator, the journalist Meredith Vieira, nor is the identity of the person or persons who fired the fatal shots off-camera disclosed. There is a little in the video to suggest that the person killed was a poacher, and indeed the ABC script refers to the victim as a trespasser, though it is also unclear where this trespassing might have taken place. Goldberg talks about how he missed the episode when it was airing, but it was later sent to him, and he actually wrote an article on Delia and Mark years ago. 
And this is now a follow-up piece talking about where the case is now, especially with the relation to where the crawdad's coming out this week and the uh, commercial success of the novel and also now the cinematic success potentially of the movie. Oh God, this just, it, it's, it's kind of insane that like, God, yeah, like it's... <sighs> Sorry, audio listeners, I'm like trying to get the tension out of my forehead because this gives me a headache. I know people like to joke that like, oh yeah, in the 80s, crimes were like super easy to commit or like the 70s or 60s or whatever, because you could just kill someone and like clean up the blood and then there's no DNA and like, goodbye, just don't go back there, you'll be fine. And like, this is insane to me because one, this is the 90s. It was literally filmed and televised and th- nothing, nothing is being done. They were just able to come back to the U.S. and settle in Idaho. Again, all of this is alleged, but like the article makes a very good argument for me to believe what's going on here. So basically the people that are wanted for questioning are actually Mark, Delia's husband, and Christopher, his son from first marriage, um, not Delia's son. But basically, they want her as well for uh, potential accomplice and uh, just accessory knowledge of the potential killing, the murder. So apparently after the documentary aired, uh, the Owenses fled the country because the broadcast sparked a Zambian police investigation of their activities. Good. Seems like it should have. Um, I learned on this first visit and subsequent visits that Mark Owens had gradually come to command a corps of game scouts in North Luangwa, outside of Zambian government oversight, by buying their loyalty through the provision of weapons, boots, and money. That they had militarized the 24,000 square mile park, Delia wrote in one of their books that Mark created a special unit of scouts who would earn new guns, jungle knives, binoculars, and compasses for standout performance. That Mark Owens had led airborne raids against suspected poaching camps. That Mark's adult son from his first marriage, Christopher Owens, had been placed in charge of training the Game Scouts in hand-to-hand combat, and that Christopher Owens frequently beat the Game Scouts as a form of discipline. The Owens' attorney denied that Mark commanded the scouts. I also learned that Mark Owens himself bragged about the killing of poachers on his watch. A professional hunter named P.J. Fouch, who managed a government-licensed hunting concession adjacent to North Luangwa, provided me with a letter of Mark Owens had faxed to him. To date, I have flown eight airborne anti-poaching operations over your area, including four in which I inserted scouts on ambush, Owens wrote. Two poachers have been killed and one wounded that I know of thus far, and we are just warm, getting warmed up. Owens followed this assertion with a plea for help. Anything you can do to help keep our anti-poaching efforts alive in the area, I will guarantee pay big dividends for your safari business and very soon. I don't want to read too much more of the article because I really want you guys to read it because I do think it's a good piece from The Atlantic. I will have it linked down below. And then I also, as always, encourage you to do your own research as well. On top of that, if you want to find out more. Basically, Zambian authorities do still want to question them in regards to the 1995-1996. So I believe it was filmed in 1995 and then televised in 1996. That's where the timeline kind of flips around a little bit. Uh, but they are they want answers to uh, this unidentified man's uh, murder, televised murder. And uh, they apparently tried to verify that he was a poacher. They could not do that. And they also could not verify his identity. Uh, it's been alleged that the body was picked up in a uh, netting 
and then dropped into a nearby lagoon. And the article goes on to state that it's very hard to find bodies in the bush because animals just take care of the mess. They just get rid of everything. And so it would be very hard to find a body, especially over, God, a decade, two decades later, almost. Unfortunately, that's kind of where that's at. Uh, But yes, I'm not saying to not go see what crawdads but uh, I won't be saying it. I just won't. I also haven't read the book, but I also don't plan on reading the book and all of that. There's also a lot of talk about some of the, or all of the depictions of uh, African-Americans in the book itself and how they are incredibly racist. So again, I was mainly talking about the alleged criminal case that could be involved with the uh, murder here, but apparently that 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 is an element of the story where it's just like blatantly racist. All in all, Form your own opinions, but I will not be reading or watching. So that's where I'm at. Um, that's really all I wanted to talk about today. I know, short episode. I'm sorry if there's any audio issues. I'm sorry about the grainy footage and how the lighting keeps shifting for the video people. I'll be back in my apartment and back in my usual lo-fi setup <laughs> next week. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, reminder, as always, if you have a shenanigan you would like to share, you can go ahead and send a voice memo through the Anchor page, or you can go ahead and send it to the Swell Shenanigans Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to look at my face when you listen to these episodes, you can also go subscribe to the Swell Shenanigans Podcast YouTube channel. And as always, if you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe and rate wherever you listen to podcasts, new episodes every week. And that's going to be it. Have a lovely day. Goodbye.